The situation currently taking place in Myanmar is abominable. There's no safety anywhere, and the world has all but turned its back on an entire people trying to claim their freedom and insist upon their human rights in the face of blatant evil and inhumanity. International media seems to have moved on to the next story, scarcely reporting on this one anymore, even as the horror continues. We at Insight Myanmar Podcast find this intolerable, and we stand by the Burmese people and their courageous effort to live in dignity. This platform is dedicated to making sure that we keep the conversation going while ensuring these voices continue to be heard. Today's guest is one of those, and I invite you to settle in and open to what follows. No act of giving, no matter how small, is ever wasted. Money can be reclaimed, lives cannot. Inside Myanmar podcast, and today I have Nying with me uh, as a guest for today's podcast. Nying, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for uh, being here with us. Yeah, yeah, I'll be happy to share my experiences. All right. So um, I guess we'll just start um, from the very beginning. Go back to. Um, from the very beginning, and you, you're obviously, you know, you have built an impressive portfolio in the photojournalism field, and your works have been exhibited at many galleries and magazines. Uh, but I know that it was an easy journey to get there, right? Yeah. And Burmese kid with you know Burmese parents, I was told to like either get into an engineering or medicine field, or I will survive in this world. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> Right. And these cultural and the environment pressures like can really make us scared of pursuing what we love. Uh, so, so I'm really curious, what inspired you to choose photojournalism as your career? Um, so, um, I usually do. I usually do what I want. So, and my parents know about it. So then, after I finish my university. Um, I attended like a like a photo um, 
photo festival they call a uh, Yangon photo festival so uh, at that time I had a I had a, a various uh, different type of photography and including photojournalism and uh, they show me like a lot of a lot of photos a lot of photojournalism photos like conflict bar street and so many photos and then at that time I understand I understand stand is that you know that kind of photos can be set or you know you know uh, do do any other thing and only had a chance to take photos when the when the news or the conflict is happening so you know that kind of that kind of excite me you know uh, 2015 I think and then after that I I started um, I started uh, walking around the around downtown around downtown in Yangon with a camera I started shooting uh, uh, started shooting street photos and uh, I usually upload my photos in Instagram and then uh, at that time uh, the Myanmar Times uh, photo department um, uh, you know the the the, the uh, the photographer from the Myanmar Times, uh, he saw me. He saw me some of my photos, my Instagram, and he sent me an email like, "You want an internship in Myanmar Times?" And I was really, I was really lucky, and and uh, you know, that's how I, that's how I um, walk into the photojournalism field. Got it, and. Yeah. Were your families or your parents or your, like your surrounding your relatives? Um, how, how do they react to that? Um, actually, after I after I finished my my university, um, they kind of they kind of you know do the home business. But I moved to Yangon and you know started my own way, and they kind of know about it because. Because after I matriculation exam, they want me to attend like you know like medicine and engineering, but I don't. I do. I wanted to uh, attend art university. So you know the same thing like that. You know after I finished my university, I started to do what I want. So after you know, I tell them that I'm going to intern at Myanmar Times, and uh, they kind of worry about about me and they don't know about you know the media you know and uh, photojournalism you know career that I mentioned I, I mentioned to my dad and he doesn't really know what what the job I have to do it so then I have to explain everything and you know and trying to trying to make uh, make make things work for my for my uh, family and and my and me, yeah. But in the end, I I win. So yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, and you mentioned that you had to you know, explain your parents what photojournalism is, and you know, obviously there's a, a definition for photojournalism. But uh, I want to know your personal, you know, personal definition or personal belief of what photojournalism is. Yeah, uh, I think like what photojournalism means is that you know we have to we have to take uh, some photos that can be happen you know another time like 
like you know when you're when you're covering the conflict or the or the press conference you know you have to take photos at that time and even if it's late like like only uh 10 seconds or a minute late uh you know a strong photos can be can be happen again so that's kind of that's kind of my 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 describe of the uh, photojournalism yeah right and you know of course um you have been uh you mentioned that you have been in Myanmar time and i also know that you have also been in you know many different uh professions in the photojournalism field um so do you want to take us uh through them really quickly yeah um first i got a i like i told you before i started an internship in my times and in Myanmar Times, I usually take, uh, you know, um, it's like in Myanmar Times they had a lot of, a lot of different sectors of news. So, so mostly as I'm a at the time as I'm a junior, you know, for the journalism. So they want me to take care of the news. Uh, sorry, uh, the social, you know, e- event things. You know, I have to attend a lot of events. And then I have to take uh, photos of the event and the celebrities that came, that came, and you know that that kind of thing. And then, then after working in Myanmar Times for like three three months, I, I, uh, one of my friends, uh, one of my friends in Frontier Myanmar, uh, uh, she told me I should apply, I should apply a job because she's going to leave Frontier Frontier. So then I apply. Uh, you know, photojournalist uh, job uh, position in Frontier Myanmar, and after a few interviews, I got it. So in the in the Frontier Myanmar, <coughs> I usually cover um, news uh, feature story, like like you know, in there they have a they have a really great um, uh, feature story um, sector, and uh, uh, because a lot of the I mean, I have to work, uh, collaborate, work and collaborate with a journalist. So, and I take a lot of photos about the um, uh, lifestyle stories, news, and political, and uh, some kind of like that. And uh, and I and I'm also interested in writing. So I self-studied uh, feature feature writing and the editors and. Most of my colleagues um, teach me, you know, the, 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 the method of how to write a you know, proper article. So, so I try and I read a lot of, a lot of news articles in that, in that, um, in Frontier. And, uh, and I told my editor that I want to, I want to do, um, uh, I want to do, uh, you know, photo story, like, like I want to write and I want to, I want to take photos, and then he told me that okay, do it. So, so that's how I started uh, writing uh, a lot of a lot of photo stories in Frankie Myanmar, and that's great because I can do I can do what I want. So I did it, and then and then I and I'm also interested in extreme extreme sport photography uh, because I. I had an I had a really long time um, photo story about BMX BMX in Myanmar. <clears throat> so so I 
took I took that that photo story like almost five years. I I spent with them. I spent time with them, and whenever they purchase BMX, and I I do it. So I'm interested in sport photography too. So and then not only BMX, I also interested in football and other other lowly um, and hockey. And a lot of a lot of I try to take uh, different types of. Um, uh, different types of sport in EMR and then I think at 2018 I think so I I applied um, a young sport photographer position in Fix and I got it I got I got at the time and I was really happy and you know I trying to pursue my sport photography and uh, on the other hand I told Frankie and Neymar that I I got picked from the from the Olympic Games to be as an Olympic photographer so so uh, they give me uh, because I have to travel to you know Buenos Aires Argentina and take cover of the Olympics so they give me leaves and uh, they're really supportive so yeah and after that after sport photography I I attend a school uh, a photography school a one-year photography school in in Myanmar data and you know they they have a like a contemporary photo classes and documentary photo classes. They invite a lot of famous photographer from foreign, you know, like like Seven Photo again from Philip and Daniel and other, you know, Catherine Conin and you know other uh, professor art professor in art, uh, uh, New York. So. So and I also study contemporary and I'm because my art my background is art so I'm kind of interested in a lot of things that will combine with my art sense and the photography so contemporary things I I got it you know you know in 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 contemporary it is really really different with the photojournalism in photojournalism it is like really news and then contemporary is all about art and your your personal emotions and yeah, kind of like that. So I, <clears throat> so I study and I made a, I made a one year, you know, um, uh, project with a art pro- art professor in New York, and yeah, after that I had a exhibition. And yeah, that was great, and then the group happened, and yeah. The COVID and the group happened, and I still take photos of the photojournalism. And and in my spare time, I usually I usually develop my personal personal story, like 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 which is really dark and you know contemporary things. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of my my journey. <laughs> I try to explore a lot of uh, photojournal a lot of field, a lot of photography field. You know, not only photojournalism but also other fields. So, yeah. That, that's really nice. And um, from what you have shared, you know, um, you have been um, in a lot of different places and you have had a lot of, you know, uh, different experiences in the photojournalism field and just the jour- journalism field in general. Uh, so I kind of want to touch on this topic of discrimination, uh, especially gender discrimination. Um, in the journalism world in Myanmar. Um, so 
uh, I was, you know, I was going through the materials that you sent and your interview with like the Vice Media, uh, you mentioned that, and I quote, the Ministry of Information sent a, noti- a notice to publication encouraging women or staff to, you know, dress professionally. And growing up in Myanmar society, I, I was really disappointed by how gender roles would determine, you know, how much respect you'll receive uh, in whatever industry you are in, whether it be um, medical or engineering, you know, even at the top areas, uh, you, you're still uh, treated less when you're a woman compared to a man. Uh, so I, uh, my question is, what challenges did you face, you know, in pursuit of this, this goal, this photojournalism career uh, that perhaps other males, colleagues that didn't face in this industry? Um, I think um, it's kind of good and a bad, uh, and and a bad challenges. You know, when that country, when that country thinks highly about men, you know, and um, and and mostly, um, what is really disturbed me the most is the gender gender discrimination. Like, you know, most of the people think that I can't do my job properly, or I don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, they started <coughs> they started uh, judge what I wear, or you know, uh, what my body looks like, and you know, <coughs> and a lot of things like 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 you know, when they see me, like um, you know. And, and and they see me like a lot of um, you know I mean I mean they judge they judge a lot <clears throat> and uh, other things that I'm taking uh, photography for fun so so that's kind of that's kind of what they are thinking like that is kind of like it's kind of like I, I get I get some kind of uh, some kind of uh, benefit from you know you know, from that kind of thinking, because they don't, they don't pay any attention to me, and I, I kind of take photos in ex- prohibited area, or you know, and then what they told me, I smile at them. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I'm just, I'm just messing around, and you know, so, so, so when it comes to that, it's kind of, it's kind of mixed, yeah. Right, and I, I guess what's really interesting to me is that. Um, it, it's really uh, ironic because, you know, uh, when we look at Myanmar, um, like majority of the people, um, they believe that, you know, Aung San Suu Kyi is their rightful leader and they really put trust in Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, who is a woman just like you. Um, but, but then, you know, of course, gender discrimination uh, is everywhere. But, but I, I think it's a little more than... You know, I guess we can say it's a little extreme in Burma. So, why why do you think that people put their trust in Aung San Suu Kyi, um, who's just a woman like you? But in Burma, we still have like a lot of cases where women are extremely discriminated against. Yeah, and about that, you know, Aung San Suu Kyi, you know, got a lot of. Uh, I mean, I mean, she proved a lot of things to Myanmar, and you know, and 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 but but when it comes to like like girls and women near near them, they don't really 
see like that, you know. Because like they didn't, sometimes they didn't even have a have a chance to to give us to prove it, you know that that we can do it. So, yeah. Hmm. So, what do you think the root of that problem is? The root of you know not giving girls even a chance to prove themselves. Um. Um. Honestly, I don't. I don't really know. You know, because uh, because um, maybe they have a they have a really really uh, great expectation. You know, when it comes to their children, you know, you know, uh, you know, like especially women. You know, when they want to become, uh, you know, like me, like a journalist or the photojournalist, most of the most of the people in Myanmar didn't know about you know what they saw pictures or you know uh, in the newspaper that you know they call a uh, uh, photojournalist and some people didn't know that thing so <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to ask that that question <laughs> right, right i think you have yeah. um yeah i think you have touched on like the expectation part of yeah. you know how <laughs> Um, my parents, um, or I guess we can call the Asian parents, um, how they want their children to be uh, perfect in in what they yeah, do. So yeah. they have like this high expectations. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. Right. <coughs> and do do you feel like do you feel like you were fighting these discriminations when you were pursuing this journalism goal? Uh, sometimes, you know, not, 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 um, uh, like I told you before, it's kind of, it's kind of mixed, you know, some, sometimes it's good that, that being a girl, being a, a girl photojournalist, you know, sometimes it's kind of bad, you know, like, like people always look down or, you know, what they, what you wear and, you know, you know, what you're, what you are doing, this kind of like a, just kind of bold, you know, sometimes, but in sometimes we don't really care about it. So, yeah, but, but, uh, but uh, now, uh, I mean, I think, I think after, after 2000, you know, after 2000, you know, 2000, uh, after 2020, like, you know, uh, people from a lot of uh, media company at the international organization, they're trying to balance the, the number of men and women stuff, you know, when they call a job or when they call, you know, an application. So, so yeah. So they, they, they're trying to balance it. Yeah. That's great. That's great. It's good to hear. Um, so, um, the next topic that I want to touch on is, of course, um, on your photojournalism. And as we as we know, as a famous phrase says, a picture is worth a thousand. A picture is worth a thousand words. And when I was looking through your Instagram, um, I, I feel like your Instagram portfolio is the um, like in, uh, the example of that quote because. You know, you don't use a lot of words to describe your pictures, but in, instead you let them speak themselves. So could you explain how you capture moments 
that you believe will deeply convey a thousand words? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, for example, when I take photos of the coop, and I, I, I mean, I mean, the the the, the information is 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 on that you know one one photo. I don't need to explain, you know, and I don't need to explain so much, you know. So so yeah, it kind of it kind of like that. You know how how do you know that these these moments are gonna be? Uh, I guess these moments are gonna be important uh, to take pictures of, or like how how do you judge um, that this picture is gonna speak a lot of words to whoever sees the pictures? Yeah. Uh, so so for example, like the coop, um, uh, like the coop that I take photos, and you know a lot of protests break down and. Uh, that kind of thing, and at the time, I know that you know the the coup and these photos can be happen again. So, so I try to I try to alert my 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 you know my photojournalist in my own mind, and you know I try to take a lot of photos. Yeah. Uh, and there is uh, this one picture. That I want to talk about, uh, and it is related to the coup as well. So uh, the picture that you took on February first, um, it was a picture of, I believe, uh, a truck, a military truck. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I recall that. Yeah. Yeah. So can you recall that experience um, with that picture? So um, in. Um uh, when the coup happened in February first, on February first, I I was at Nibiru to take the to take the you know photo of the uh, uh, photo of the uh, uh, photo of the new new parliament you know you know that would happen on the on the February first, but but it didn't it didn't happen and the coup happened and then and then um, that photo was the was in Nipido and um, um, because when the coup happened on February first, uh, a lot of things, a lot of things change. Like even the atmosphere is changed in Nipido because everything is so quiet, and you know we can't we can't con- connect with anybody. You know, expect uh, except that you know we are uh, expert Sam journalists that we that were staying with us in the hotel. So. And the news can happen at the internet connection, and everything went down. So, at the time I was really, I was really freaked out, um, frankly. Um, <clears throat> and then, but and then, and then, and then I remember that I'm a photojournalist, and I have to take, I have to, I have to take photographs of you know what will happen next. And and uh, me and uh, a journalist, uh, we we go. We go through through the uh, new people, and I saw that a lot of a lot of changes, like 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 um, like a lot of soldiers and tanks around new people that you know you know they trying to like they trying to they trying to like show show the you know the coup is already happened, and, you know, 
and there are a lot of soldiers and police everywhere, everywhere in 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 Nibido, and especially a lot of it, uh, a lot of it um, around the Sipin uh, Data, which is which is uh, which is uh, Parliament members, and which is Parliament members' day. So yeah. Got it. Yeah. And that was a really shock moment for everyone because, um, you know, February first, uh, majority of the the Myanmar population was sound asleep on the military stage coup, and then many of them found out about it in the morning when they wake up. Uh, so, and the internet were cut off. So just like you mentioned, it was really hard to communicate, and it's really hard to 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 know what's real and what's not. Uh, and as a photojournalist, that's, you know, like you mentioned, your job to spread the news. So, when you know, during these coups, um, you have taken a lot of pictures and a lot of moments. So uh, I want to, you know, dive into that a little bit and ask you about, you know, the techniques that you use um, and your experience during the coup. Uh, as a photojournalist, because, um, you know, when the coup started and then when the protests happened, uh, things escalated really quickly and even the media people were not safe anymore. So could you, you know, um, recall the experience of you being in in the protests and maybe even in like the battlefield, I guess, uh, and just try to take these pictures. How how was it for you? Um, uh, frankly, it was it was it was really scary at the at the and really difficult because 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 I mean I mean that's that's how I really like like my job as a photojournalist. You know, it really excites me that kind of adrenaline. So. So in that in the in the protest, I was like, um, I I really I really take photos of the you know from the February first, and you know I didn't even have a have a rest day you know during during the coup the coup happened. So so every day I go out I go out and take uh, take protests and crackdowns and and you know when I. Uh, what I do is that when I when I was at the at the at the protest, um, I usually I usually look around a lot of people because there are like thousands and hundreds of people. So uh, uh, first of all, I I usually I usually find an exit. You know when the when the coup. Uh, when the sorry, when the crackdown happened, you know, when 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 the when the police ran to us, to us, where where I want, you know, where I should where I should run, you know, escape, you know, like like that kind of way. I I think I think before I before I take photos of the protest, I always think like that. I always think the exit, you know. And then, and then I take photos, and and usually the um, after after twenty fifth or uh, February, the police try to crack down the 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 protests. So so at on the twenty fifth of February, things are really really 
really different because before before twenty fifth, uh, there were only only protests and you know no crackdown. I mean, I mean there were a lot of a lot of a lot of police and soldier, but they didn't do anything to us. But after that, it really changed completely. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a battlefield, you know, you know, they, they try, they use as, you know, rubber bullet and then life, life round bullet. So, so yeah, yeah. What I want to do is that I try to, I try to escape. And then, then because my, I think, I think my job is like three or four at the same time, you know, because as the protester, they just need uh, the, they protest and then when the when the crackdown happened they ran. But for me, um, I have to take photos of why when they ran, you know, I always behind behind them, you know, I am like really near to the to the to the police when they really when they when they ran really fast fast speed. So so yeah, I try to alert I let my mind um, every time the coup happened, and there was the moment that that the police try, even you know, you know, he is like really near me, and he trying to grab my, grab my cameras and my shirt, and you know, but luckily I I ran I ran really fast, so yeah, that kind of yeah, that kind of thing, but yeah, luckily I I escaped it. Yeah. All right, and. A really famous photo of you um, is when you're, you know, uh, for the listeners uh, to describe it, it, she is sitting down against a wall and she's looking at her um, her camera and looking through the pictures. And she she knows that it, it is dangerous. And, you know, it, it is a, a very dangerous and hard job to do, but you still decided to, to do it. So, um do you do you remember the picture that I will, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Is that the is that the the animation that that uh, Myanmar that one of the Myanmar artists uh, uh, one of the Myanmar artists draw uh, draw me? Is it is it my is it that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a yeah. yeah there's an animation of it or like a picture of yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That photo. That photo was that photo uh, when I was in Tainaya. Yeah, it was March March fourteenth, the unforgettable day of my life. Wow, would, yeah. would you like to ex- uh, tell us about it? Yeah, um, uh, because that is like like um, you know uh, professionally, it is it was really really lucky day I think because. Because on March March fourteen, um, the military and the soldier they they killed a lot of people, hundreds of people in Nigeria protest. And so professionally, at that time I was I was in I was in Nigeria to take the protest of the uh, of the Nigeria protest. I was there like like five a.m. in the morning, and you know I can't even I can't even get up. The end of the day, I. You know, so professionally it it is lucky, but personally it's really it's really um, it's really unlucky for me because because I've seen a lot of people injured and you know a lot of um, a lot of 
you know, a lot of things. And then after that, I had like, like, it's really hard to, uh, hard to, hard to cope the, the situation and the, and the mental breakdown after that. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. So, so at that photo is, is that, uh, after the coup, after the crackdown in, in like I finished, you know, when they first, first, um, crack down the protest and we have to hide you know you know in a lot of different places and i can't i can't i can't let you know that the, the even 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 i can't let the uh the owner of the houses that i i hide because i can trust i can trust these people and and you know and frankly i don't i don't even know the the neighborhood you know the areas of the before before that day because yeah and that photo is I was hiding on the balcony on the on the highest highest um, highest um, uh, highest floor of the uh, of the line that because I want to I want to see the aerial view you know you know when the when the police and the military cracked down and there there were no no people on the street and I want to know what's happening and I hear a lot of, a lot of gunshots everywhere like continuously and I saw a lot of smokes smokes around around like Daya. so so that that kind of is like uh one one the um uh one the one like Daya, uh protest is about they they put a sign in front of in front of their protest, like when the line daya, he when the when a line daya, people uh, uh, have a blood, and the Chinese factory will be, you know, on spot. So so it's kind of like you know they really do what they say. So yeah, yeah. Right, and you know that's a really hard situation to cope, to to cope, um, physically, mentally. You know, financially, in every aspect, and you also mentioned the um, mental breakdown and all all these, you know, these struggles that you, you had to go through. So, um, during during the the coup, how were you able to cope with these struggles? Um, uh, frankly, before March fourteen, you know, I can I I can cope. You know, you know, I can cope. I can cope a lot of a, a lot of things uh, with my mentally and the physically is wrong. You know, but but after what I what I experience in uh, in Lantaya, you know, you know, it is really it, it is completely changed because I can't sleep like like straight two months two months. I can't sleep at night, and whenever I fall asleep. I usually <clears throat> I usually wake up with some nightmares and I was really afraid and felt really unsafe, you know, even in my home. So yeah. Yeah, it was really it was really it was really hard and after after that after that but but even even when I was, you know, can't sleep I, I really struggle with sleep at night. I usually I take I take photos, you know, every day, and then and then I can sleep, and I try to you know do everything like meditation and a lot of things. But then, 
And at the end, I have to, I had to, you know, consult with a physio, a physio, a psychologist, and <clears throat> and a lot of counseling and a lot of medications. And yeah, yeah. But now I'm, I'm really, really getting better. Yeah. Right. It's it's good that you can have help, you know, for physical, for mental. Um, to have help during a really crazy event is just um, really good for you. And yeah. I'm glad that, you know, you, had, you you were able to make it through through all the um, struggles and through all the, the killings and um, all the atrocities that happened during, during the, the coup. Uh, and I also want to touch on um, what happened after, well, not after the coup, but during the coup, you know, um, because you're a photojournalist, um, you were chased by the military or yeah. some, some sort of like that. So um, I don't want to get into detail if you're not comfortable, but if you're comfortable, do you, do you want to explain us uh, how that went down and how did you have to escape? To Thailand. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, you know, when the coup, when the coup happened, you know, a lot of the, a lot of, you know, media, a lot of people were in, were in really hard, hard shape. But, but, but as I'm a photojournalist, it is really, it is really hard for me because, because I have like a lot of pressure, you know, every, every, everything you know around me because my family uh, my family told me that I shouldn't I shouldn't take photos and just come back home and my my dad um, uh, my dad you know called a couple of times a day and checked if I'm okay and where I am and you know what I'm doing and, and then he all he you know uh, my mom's and you know my dad he always you know tell me that every every phone call please don't take photos anymore it's really dangerous for you um sorry It's okay. <laughs> so, um, so my parents, uh, they didn't, they didn't really want me to take photos, and you know, you know, want me to continue my job. But, but on the other hand, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, uh, to cover the, uh, the histories of Myanmar because the coup will be, will be the biggest, you know, uh, the biggest news that I, that I, that I, that I cover in my, in my photojournalism. In my photojournalism life, like seven years, and 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 the coup happened. So I think at the time, I think professionally, like you know, this is a great opportunity that I 
that I, uh, you know, that I have, you know, I can, I can contribute to a lot of international news and financial you know, agency. So, so, so at that time, I, <coughs> I usually, I, I even, I even fight with my, my, my parents, and but in the end, they, they support me. Like they told, they told me like. Um, to take care of myself in the in the protest and not to get arrested. So, so and also for me, I'm a I'm a girl for the journalist. So so every time when I go to the protest and I I was like really 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 noticeable, you know, because a lot of a lot of a lot of I mean I think there is like three or four photojournalists, girl photojournalists in Myanmar. Uh, in Myanmar during the coup, but after after the police crackdown and everything really happened violently, uh, I think I think it is the only one that only me only me still taking photos. So I was really noticeable and bold, you know, during the crowd and you know, yeah, so like that and and the police really. Uh, they uh, they even they even you know show show photos of me and uh, and and my name in my neighborhood. You know, I used to say stay in Sanchang when the coup happened, but but you know my landlord and you know and even even my friends they don't you know they don't really um uh, they know the they know the you know. Because I, I share I share a I share a flat with with two of my friends, and after that happened, I think they are not really comfortable. Um, uh, they are not really uh, comfortable with staying with me. So, so I have to you know, I have to um, I have to move a lot of places, and. Uh, and uh, there, there is one, there is one day that in in Sanchao, um, uh, the police and the and the and the people, you know. So there is one day that in in Sanchao, there is a um, a young man, you know, um, a young man grab grab a grab a, a can again from the from the from the soldier. Uh, do you do you know that do you know that kind of that that day because 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 that day was happened happened near near my house so so at the evening the police the police trying to search again you know and I don't know I don't know if they are really searching for the gun but but my but a family lived down downstairs of my building so they told me that the police and the and the and the and the soldiers they 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 knocked really hard my doors and you know and uh, and uh, it's really it's really lucky because at that time I was I was on my way back home to you know to home so so and one of my friends lived in the in the same road in the uh, near me called me that there are a lot of you know soldiers and police um and at my at my place 
So and and then she sent me a she sent me a photo photos of it, and I was really freaked out because because I was like really really worried about you know about but about you know what I left in the home and you know what if they break down my house and you know like but but luckily they didn't do it and after they knock like thirty minutes and then they they go back yeah. So that 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 is like really really um, really close. And then I moved to another place. And when I when I was when I moved to another place, I always you know I always think about the escape plan. You know, I even I even I I even try you know with ropes and you know with the with the climbing ropes because I usually I usually do rock climbing. So. So I set my, you know, I set my my room with with a lot of ropes, and you know, when when it is really happened, I have to, you know, escape it, you know, at all costs. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, and I have like like a couple of times, uh, but but luckily, and then and then and then um, and then. I think in in September I last year I I think about you know escaping escaping Myanmar because because uh, I have I have sleepless nights and really mental breakdowns and I can I can even uh, I can even I can even look back uh, my photos that I that I. Uh, that I took during the coup because because it's kind of like it's kind of like really um, uh, terrifying moments. So um, so for the time being, I can I can I can look back. I can you know I can I can I can look back my photos and. Uh, in September last year, September, I decided to escape escape Myanmar. But at uh, the time, I think about I think about going, you know, uh, without a passport and cross the border. I think I think about it, but 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 I but I have a lot of things want to do when I when I you know move outside of. The, when I escaped Myanmar, I wanted I want to go travel, travel a lot of countries. So, so um, I take a risk and I I flew I flew from from the airport and the uh, to Thailand. So, so in the airport, it is like really really exciting moment. You know, my knees are really shaking, and you know when. The one in uh, the, the 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 immigration counter before before we before uh, I waited uh, at the boarding gate. You know we have to cross the immigration counter, and um, that time the and the police and the officer from the immigration counter he checked my my passport like like five or ten minutes I have to wait like and at the time I was like oh shit I'm going to be I'm going to be arrested and you know that kind of that kind of thoughts inside me and uh, and even even when I am waiting in the boarding gate 
I can I can I can sit you know really peacefully. I usually I go I went to toilet like three or four times before I I go to I I reach to the to the flight you know in the flight so yeah yeah that's how I that's how I escape it it's really it's really nerve wracking yeah wow that was really um really scary to listen to because um every time you mentioned that the police were searching your flat or like the police were coming um even though i know that you're safe right now and you know you're talking to me even even then i'm like oh my god is she gonna get arrested or not it's just going through my head and you know i i cannot imagine how how hard it was for you to to do all of these things while at the same time, you know, you still want to take pictures and, and, you know, photograph these, these moments and these histories so that the world can see uh, what is happening in, in Myanmar. Um, and, you know, um, I, I guess one thing that, that is really, um, I guess, annoy me a little bit, is um, how there is so little coverage about the coup um, on the international news. And, you know, it was a hot topic when the coup first happened. And then after a while, it kind of just died out. And now not a lot of foreign countries, not a lot of people uh, really care about what's happening in Myanmar anymore. So... Why do you think that there's, you know, so little coverage uh, about Myanmar? Um, I think, I think, I think now, you know, starting, starting from 2023, you know, after one year coup, one year anniversaries of coup, uh, a lot of, a lot of journalists and the photojournalists and uh, the photojournalists are not in, in Myanmar anymore. And, uh, and the police, and the military really, really take down the you know journalists, and they they really they really seize the the journalists and the photographer, and even they killed. So so it's like so it's like um, you know a lot of people really really uh, really um, really afraid of really afraid to to do the you know journalism and the journalist and to take photos you know it's kind of it's kind of really hard hard for them and and still um yeah i know that i kind of i kind of noticed that on facebook on on twitter there are like a lot of a lot of um a lot of things are happening but but uh, the international news and they are not trying to cover about you know Myanmar uh, Myanmar coup anymore. Yeah, right. And you know the military is doing everything in their own uh, authority and their own power to you know crack down on on these um, photojournalists and, and journalists who are reporting accurate story. And you know I I learned about. A lot of journalists who are being detained, who are being arrested, and they don't even get to, you know, to go through trials. They're just uh, given sentences left and right. 
and with yeah terrible situations in in the cells and the jail cells and seeing these and hearing these news um i i wonder how the future of journalism in myanmar is uh gonna go uh, so as a photojournalist yourself uh do you, do you think that you can shed some lights on that Yeah, I think I think uh the media, you know, and the and the and, and the military also also forced to close the, you know, to shut down the media, you know, like TVB and you know other other media. So so but but they they will they will, they were still be, you know, doing doing doing, you know, uh, the media company they will be they will be still but But I think it's gonna be really hard to get, you know, information outside of Myanmar because now, now in Myanmar, the internet, internet connection, and you know, and and you know, and the internet connection, and a lot of things are really, really happening in Myanmar, and and on top of that, you know, the 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 resources, you know, I mean, I mean, what I mean is the Is the if something happen or or you know uh, can I say um, if something happen in the in Myanmar you know in Sakai region or in Karen region I mean outside I mean we outside of Myanmar people we usually know we know when the when the DVP or you know when the Kitty or other 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 media company uh, uh mention it you know if not if not we 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 can know because because you know uh it's really hard to, uh, hard to explain it um yeah i guess the only reliable source now is you know just Uh, a few couple of um, news agencies, like you mentioned, Kitte, um, and then DVP uh, that you mentioned, right? So it's really getting harder to get accurate news from Myanmar inside Myanmar, you know? Yeah, yeah, and also for the on for the lack of the photojournalist and you know videographer in in Myanmar, you know, we can. And the and the quality of the of the video and the photos are really low because but but still we got we got some of the some of the great photos but you know but we can you know the professional one can go inside and you know so yeah it's kind of it's kind of really really hard and sad that I you know that that can take photos and video yeah. Right, that actually explains a lot about why you know there's so little coverage about um, the coup in Myanmar, uh, and you know I deeply, from my heart, I hope that you know one day we'll be able to show the world uh, what's happening and, and you know get freedom from the military, uh, but it will be a long way. Uh, to to get there um, without the transparency, without um, the few journalists that's left uh, who are working really hard 
Uh, so, f- f- in in your own opinion, of course, uh, h- how long do you think this coup is going to last? And you know, what can we do to accelerate the revolutionary processes? Um, I don't. I don't really. I don't really have that kind of you know you know political um, uh, comment comment on that, but but. But it's, it would be it would be really uh, really great that you know you know from the from the uh, let me see. yeah I think that I mean the coup will be happening you know you know in um, the coup will be happening a lot of years but but now is that it's kind of know that because we have like a lot of people to find for different forces in every area and and I think I think it will be it will be great if they you know if they if they you know um and I say I um uh, sorry I don't I don't really know how to how to answer it yeah okay yeah that's fine um uh, I, I guess now I want to focus on um, your your life in in Thailand. Uh, so after you know escaping to Thailand, um, I know you you face a lot of a lot of hardships. And on your Instagram, you you said that you were working on a document for the Myanmar refugees who lost their homes and had to escape to Thailand and to live on the. Uh, uh, Myanmar Thai border, uh, but it's getting harder for you to continue because of you know for 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 various reasons. So if, if you're comfortable, can you um, share us your experience right right now in Thailand? Yeah, yeah. After after I I escaped the state Myanmar and and I tried I for the time being I can I can. You know, I can I can do any job. You know, like for for five months, I can I can do anything because because I have to take care of my mental mental problems and I have to get a lot of counseling and I have to heal heal a lot so that I can I can do more more. You know, after I healing. So so I mean, so now that I last month I I started. I started my 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 work. I mean, I resumed my work uh, in in the Thai Thai border, and I met a lot of people. I met a lot of a lot of refugees people. A lot of you know um, a lot of people who works for NUT and you know so many so many you know people. I met them and I talked to them. Their their life is. Their life is even way worse than me, you know. They can they can they they don't have a home and they don't have any document to live in Thailand and and you know, it's really it's really hard that it's really hard, you know. And and uh, now that I become a freelancer and uh, you know, um, how can I say um, It's kind of it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to you know 
hard to you know continue my job because I'm a photographer and and outside of Myanmar I can I can really take photos of you know what happened in Sakai region or like Karim or you know you know so so yeah it's kind of it's kind of hard but 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 I did I did I think I did my best you know from the from the Thai border. I try to I try to speak a lot of people and I try to um, do photo stories about them and yeah. Right, and you mentioned that you've been doing a lot of photo stories on your Instagram. Uh, so, do do you have any like favorite photo stories that you've done? Yeah, I think I think I think I because I enjoy my 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 job a lot so so i have a lot of a lot of a lot of photo story a lot of favorite favorite photo story so i can i can really tell which one which one is that uh the one the one is that uh, the i didn't i didn't even post on instagram and it's just kind of like um like a, a portrait series of myanmar more female protester and you know female uh, things that I that I done it yeah yeah because uh, during uh, when the coup happened I usually I usually take photo for the for my you know uh, for my for my news agency that I contribute and then after that I usually take photo of the photos of you know female protester and female you know female um uh, uh you know yeah 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 female protester yeah yeah most of them i usually take photos of their their portraits and their action and yeah yeah that kind of one is my favorite great story <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome, and, and that also leads to, um, I, I guess my my next question, uh, and you know we talked about how discrimination runs really deep uh, in Myanmar society and in the photojournalism field, uh, and and in many other fields, uh, and it's quite stunning to see you know that discriminations against women still exist, uh, even during the revolutionary efforts. Uh, however, the encouraging thing is that you know we are seeing a newfound feminist ferocity since the coup began. Uh, in fact, women are the frontier of the revolutionary efforts. Uh, whether it be Ethan Zamao, who is one of the leaders who led the anti-co protest in Yango, or Denza Shunlei, who is you know one of the leaders of the anti-co uh, protest, which took root across the country uh, so seeing these these th- these news seeing a lot of uh, women leaders coming out uh, from these from this coup how emotional it is for you to know that you know women are leading the spring revolution um, when everyone around you makes you feel like oh you're not as strong as men or you're not as you're you know you're very more vulnerable compared to men how emotional it is for you? Yeah, that's that's you know that's that's I think I think that's how we prove it. You know, you know, for the time being, we usually 
have you know uh, emotional and but but when it comes to the consistency and you know and a lot of a lot of works i think i think um it's the same with you know when when a man uh, you know you know contribute works and yeah it's like that right um you know it's we, we're getting there um the unfortunate thing is that we need like event like this to happen so that women can prove that you know they can do just as much or even better uh, than men and i hope that this coup um, can be an example for all the people in myanmar to remember that you know um, discrimination is um, it, it must be left uh, in the history and now we should look forward uh, and knowingly um, accept women um, as equally as men and have um, equity in the society. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, it's really nice to know that, you know, a lot of women leaders are coming out and, uh, you know, just like you, who are also part of this woman leaders who has done a lot um, to spread the news of the coup. And, you know, from doing so, you have received a lot of awards. So would you like to share those awards with us? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the last, uh, I didn't, I didn't get uh, like, like so many, so many benefits from the coup, you know, but the, but the, but the last, but the last thing is that uh, with the uh, when I was working for the frontier, uh, we usually <clears throat> we usually you know um, uh, compete. Uh, can I say compete in you know super award and uh, and um, and for the 2021 we got uh, we got the you know frontier photographers award. You know in frontier we have like four for photographer so so yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of great that that we that we received that award yeah with that's our great. with our cook cool, cool photos wow that's that's amazing and um you also had a lot of you know um photo exhibition projects that you worked on so um, are, are they mainly about the the picture of the uh, the coup or yeah yeah it's mainly it's mainly about the about the coup and uh, yeah yeah because because when the coup happened uh, the international you know media and the and the other galleries in you know in, in Korea or in France, you know, you know, they try, they curate, they curate a lot of my photos, and they, they do, uh, they exhibit it in their in their galleries. I think, I think it's really, it's really, it's it's another way of you know showing and you know, uh, uh, spreading the news for Myanmar. Yeah. Right, and you know, it's um. I was kind of sad to to know that you're working on the 
the the exhibition well not exhibition but the documentary for uh, the Myanmar refugees in Myanmar Thai border um, but you know for for some reasons you couldn't um, continue doing that anymore uh, however you know um, I really um, want to know I guess and, and also spread the awareness what's happening at the border uh, that you touch on it a little bit uh, but I, I really want to know how better situation there is because um, I, I know a lot of uh, my ethnic people are there. Um, you know, I am a Korean, so uh, there are a lot of Korean there and they've been there since, you know, long before the coup, uh, since um, the the civil war started and they've been escaping there and sometimes the Thailand government even had to like close the border so that uh, there's no um, population, I guess, surplus or population, overpopulation um, in the camps. Uh, so, yeah, since you, you have experience uh, being there and you have, you have seen them in person, uh, I was wondering if you can um, go a little deeper into it and share uh, spirit to the world that the listeners that are listening right now. Yeah, but... Um uh, when I when I go to Mesau, um, uh, what I'm what I was doing is that I didn't I didn't have a chance to go in the refugee camps in you know in the border, but but I I had like a like a so about my about my my latest uh, story is about a house you know it's about a house a house that feels with you know. You know who lost their home you know there are like 21 people in that house and 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 you know that house all 21 people they don't have any document or you know anything because they have to because they have to love love myanmar you know you know uh for their for their safety you know they're like um in there they're there, there is like three or four CDM teachers, and you know, PDF, um, uh, sorry, uh, the Korean PDF people, and you know, some people they are like go in to Myanmar and then go back to Thailand, and and they don't even go go to outside, you know, they just stay in that one big one big compound of that. Um, house, you know, in miss out, and I try to try to you know talk to them, but mostly they at first they don't really they don't really comfortable you know talking their story to me because they're really afraid of you know getting arrested and you know they really worry about the family members that left in Myanmar, you know. So most of them they don't they don't. They don't talk it, and for the time being, I have to, I have to earn their trust. You know, you know, you know I, I have to earn their trust, and you know, I have to go there like a couple of times when I was in Misal, and 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 after that, you know, after you know, I share my stories, and after that, they they told me, you know, their stories, and, and which is like, which is really, just really, really sad sad story you know they can they can do any jobs in 
in in Myanmar, and and then when they when they cross the border in Thailand, they can even go outside, and you know, yeah, it's really it's really hard for them. That's why I decided that that story that you know that story will be a long time. You know, I wanted to keep as a as a um, as an archive, and you know, for their for their security, and yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. That's yeah because the most in Mesa, there are like there are like a lot of a lot of people, you know, who are not in refugee camps. You know, they just they just they you know with the with the help of the other you know. Got it, got it. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for you know sharing all these um important information with us, especially um, what you had to go through during the coup. It, it was really um, saddening. It was, it was really hard to hard to listen to because um, uh, as a, you know, as a Burmese a person who is currently living uh, overseas, I also still have uh, a lot of friends and family in Burma. Uh, who who are still, you know, going through the hardships, and who are you know running away, and who are constantly has to be on their food so that um, they don't get arrested. So uh, I'm glad that you were able to escape and and you were able to, you know, um, to stand on your own and and try your best to to be positive and to share these these share these news and um, spread these awareness uh with with that i would like to you know request you if you can give some encouragement um, to the people especially women in photojournalism yeah yeah i just i just want to say that i mean i mean if you are really really interested in you know photography whether don't think don't think about your gender, whether you're you're a woman, gay, or you know, man. It's okay. Just have to have to you know uh, follow follow your dreams. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and is there anyone that you want to shout out um, from the journalism field? Yeah, I wanna. I wanna. Yeah, yeah. There's someone. Yeah, that is my friend, you know, he, he has been arrested on silent day in Myanmar. I didn't I didn't heard any any news of him and you know yeah, I wanna shout out for him, yeah. Okay. Um do do you know if you can um share his name or do we um, have to I think I think it's better if we not if we don't if we don't share share his name because um, I didn't I didn't get any any news news or anything when after he he arrested from that day and his and and his 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 fellow uh, photographer who got who got killed you know in that in the in the in the cell so yeah. All right, I understand. Yeah, um, I am praying, and I hope that you know your your friends 
I will be able to see you again and will be able to, you know, be able to visit Burma again and just not think about all the atrocities that's happening.、Um, and I hope that we're getting closer to that day.、Um, yeah, yeah, I really hope so. Yeah. I really hope that I can, I can go back to my, my country and yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't gonna ask you this because, you know,、uh, this, this is a very I, I guess sensitive topic. But you know, if, if you're comfortable sharing,、uh, you know, you, you, you are, are you still, do you still have connection with、uh, your parents or your family or your colleagues? Yeah, yeah, I still, I still have, have a, have a connection. Connection with my with my colleagues and my my family, yeah, in Myanmar. That that's great. That's great to hear.、Um, yeah. Yeah.、Uh, so,、um, last question I guess I have for you is: How can the listeners connect with you or check out the photo series that you've done?、Um, yeah, I think I think uh, uh, listeners can can can.、Uh, And watch my my Instagram because because that is the only only platform that I upload my photos because on Facebook I don't I don't really I don't really upload on anything for my security so yeah in Instagram I try to try to upload a lot of photos yeah awesome and any last words、um, for the audience. Um, uh, it's okay. I think I think I I think they will they will they will know what they what they wanna、uh, listen.、Uh, yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, Nye, thank you very much for being vulnerable and sharing your story. That was really really、um, touching and really scary. And I, I hope that you know、um, the listeners can. Able to gasp,、um, how crazy it is in Myanmar right now, and you know what what it means to be a photojournalist, and what what it means to be a photojournalist during the coup. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy to to share my experiences. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this show. I realize that this is an enormously difficult time for many people who love Myanmar these days, myself included. And at times we might despair that there's anything at all we can do to stop the horrors unfolding there. However, just the mere fact of staying informed is helping to bear continued witness and keep a focus on this issue when much of the international media has moved on. And the only way that we can do our part in continuing to provide this content is through the support of generous donors, listeners like yourselves. 
If you found this episode of value and would like to see more shows like it, please consider making a donation to support our efforts. Both monthly pledges or one-time donations are equally appreciated. Thank you deeply in advance. If you would like to join in our mission to support those in Myanmar who are being impacted by the military coup, we welcome your contribution any form, currency, or transfer method. Your donation will go to support a wide range of humanitarian missions, aiding those local communities who need it most. Donations are directed to such causes as the Civil Disobedience Movement, CDM, Families of Deceased Victims, Internally Displaced Person, IDP Camps, Food for Impoverished Communities, Military Defection Campaigns, Undercover Journalists, Monasteries and Nunneries, Education Initiatives, the purchasing of protective equipment and medical supplies, COVID relief, and much more. We also make sure that our donation fund supports a diverse range of religious and ethnic groups across the country. We invite you to visit our website to learn more about past projects as well as upcoming needs. You can give a general donation or earmark your contribution for a specific activity or project you would like to support. Perhaps even something you heard about in this very episode. All of this humanitarian aid work is carried out by our nonprofit mission, Better Burma. Any donation you give on our Insight Myanmar website is directed towards this fund. Alternatively, you can also visit the Better Burma website, betterburma.org. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-B-U-R-M-A.org and donate directly there. In either case, your donation goes to the same cause and both websites accept credit cards. You can also give via PayPal by going to paypal.me slash betterburma. Additionally, we take donations through Patreon, Venmo, GoFundMe, and Cash App. Simply search Better Burma on each platform and you'll find our account. You can also visit either the Insight Myanmar or Better Burma websites for specific links to those respective accounts or email us at info at betterburma.org. If you'd like to give it another way, please contact us. Thank you so much for your kind consideration and support. Mm-hmm.